Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Happy Friday, football fans, and welcome into another edition of The Chase Podcast. I'm Isaac Sines, and I thank you for joining me. In today's episode, I preview Week 17 slate of games and share my predictions for each matchup. The Vikings need to defeat the Bears on Sunday to get into the playoffs, and they know it will not be an easy task. Vikings wide receiver Adam Thielen says the Bears do a good job of making plays on the ball and noted their aggressiveness as a unit. They're, they're really smart football players. They understand route concepts, and, um, and uh, that's, that's why they've been able to have success and haven't given up big plays. A lot of times you see teams that jump routes and uh, having a lot of turnovers, they, they give up big plays as well, but this, that's not this team. The Ravens are one win away from claiming the AFC North Division title and must get past the Browns to do it. Ravens cornerback Brandon Carr expressed confidence in their defense and believes they are peaking at the right time. I mean, it's just from year one to year two, uh, we've, we've been gelling. Our, our chemistry is uh, it's incredible right now, off the field, on the field. Um, just to carry over from the film study uh, on the board to the field, from practice to the game, um, the coaching staff, players all on the same page. Um, it's a perfect storm right now. The Titans know they must establish their rushing attack against a stingy Indianapolis defense, and head coach Mike Vrabel praised the offensive line for their stellar play. You know, I just think guys doing their job, guys um, understanding what what's being asked of them to do, and how they're being coached, and. And again, the players going out and, and, and doing it. I mean, that's the players' league. Everybody understands that. Um, and so they're, they're the ones that have got it fixed and done a nice job. And um, all the credit goes to them. I will discuss all that and more coming up in the latest episode of the Chase Podcast. Let's say 
It is Friday, December 28th on the Chase Podcast. Isaac signs with you here for an episode of preview week 17 of the regular season. The time has come. The final week of play is upon us. The playoffs are right around the corner. Can you believe it? It is time for some postseason play. I'm very excited to get in to all these enticing matchups. Now, as I do every single Friday, I do like to provide some in-depth analysis for three particular matchups. And for this week's episode, I'm going to focus in on the Chicago Bears-Minnesota Vikings matchup. The Ravens, Browns, and to close out the episode, the nightcap, the Indianapolis Colts and the Tennessee Titans. I know I got some feedback from some followers about these three matchups, so I'm going to go ahead and go forward with them, and then I'll preview the rest of the games and give my predictions for those, but a lot on the line for these three matchups that I'm fixing to go into right here i hope you had a great christmas holiday with your friends and family new year's is up ahead so looking forward to kicking off 2019 with a bang so still plenty to celebrate and be thankful for but on that note let's go ahead and get into today's episode so the first matchup we have the 11 and 4 chicago bears at the 8-6-1 Minnesota Vikings, 4.25 p.m. Eastern Time kickoff. Now the Vikings, they enter the regular season finale with a simple scenario in front of them. A win over Chicago and they are in the playoffs. Yes, I think a lot can be said about the up and down season the Vikings have had under Mike Zimmer. And regardless if they get into the playoffs or not, I think you can view this campaign as an underwhelming performance considering the amount of talent that they have absorbed there in Minneapolis. Now credit to that management for going out and making moves. Sheldon Richardson, Georgie Loca, and then of course Kirk Cousins who at times has been scrutinized by the media and his own fan base. Considering his up and inconsistent play, roller coaster like season, for Cousins, but a change to the offensive coordinator position, Kevin Stefanski, a lot has gone their way the last couple of weeks, so they're going to look to finish off the season strong to get into the dance. Now for Chicago, they already clinched the NFC North, but they still do have an outside chance at securing a first round bye with a win coupled with the Los Angeles Rams loss. Now, will the Rams lose? Not so sure. But, you know, they at least have something to play for. The Vikings and Bears will play at the same time as Philadelphia and Washington, the Rams and 49ers, and Seattle and Arizona. So neither team will have an idea of what the scenario is before kickoff. So I'm going to go ahead and get into three matchups now with the Bears and the Vikings. First one being the Bears rushing attack against the Minnesota defensive front. Now, while the Bears' rushing attack hasn't necessarily been the bright spot of Matt Nagy's offense, it has still helped provide balance to their offense 
with Mitchell Trubisky continuing to develop as a pocket passer. Chicago enters Week 17 with a 14th ranked rush offense. Jordan Howard leads the way with 826 yards and 7 touchdowns, while Tariq Cohen has 420 yards on the ground and a pair of touchdowns. Trubisky has 405 rushing yards and 3 scores. So now Minnesota... They have the 11th ranked run defense. They're limiting teams to just 110 yards per game. And here's one interesting development for Chicago is they may be getting Kyle Long back as they designated him to return from injured reserve. Matt Nagy told reporters at the beginning of the week that he was quote-unquote cautiously optimistic about Long being able to return to the lineup who he suffered a foot injury earlier this year and has been out of commission. But if Chicago can get Kyle Long, a Pro Bowl type guard, back in flux with this unit that has played pretty well throughout the entire course of the season, it will certainly bode well for the upside of Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen. But... The Vikings unit has played very well over the last couple of weeks. I've mentioned the immense talent that they've compiled. Sheldon Richardson, Linval, Joseph, Daniel Hunter, Everson Griffin. I mean, the list goes on and on. Now, I understand they're not a top 10 rush defense or top 5 for that matter. But they do have the firepower to shut down any opposing offense that lines up across from them. The Bears, they put a more concerted effort in getting Howard involved on offense, especially the last three weeks, as Howard's averaged 17 carries per game and has scored a touchdown in each of the last two weeks. Now, I got to say, Charles Leno Jr., James Daniels, who's been filling in for Kyle Long, Cody Whitehair, Brian Witzman, Bobby Massey, they played very well this year, but they're going to have their hands full. And if they are unable to generate an efficient run game against Minnesota, who has been able to really hunker down under Mike Zimmer after giving up chunk plays Early in the season, there's a lot of questions going on as to why they were having mental lapses at every level of their unit. However, with the playoffs right around the corner and a playoff berth within reach, you know that playing in front of that home crowd is going to ignite their play. They're going to feed off the energy. So this is why Chicago must come out and dictate the tempo at the line of scrimmage. So look for these two units for both Chicago and Minnesota. The battle in the trenches is going to be pivotal for both sides and whichever team can come out on top. Jordan Howard, power runner inside zone. Cohen outside, more of the east to west guy. Look for him to maybe get involved in the pass game as he's done for much of the season. So keep an eye on that matchup. Now how about the next one? Let's go ahead and flip the tables over, shall we? And it's the Vikings rushing attack against the Bears defensive front. Now Minnesota... Entering play, they rank 30th in the NFL at 95.3 yards per game. And they're one of six teams without double-digit rushing touchdowns this season. So that should tell you something. And now I I guess you got to take that with a grain of salt because they did part ways with John DiFilippo there at offensive coordinator. Stefanski has now taken over those duties. And since Stefanski has been in that role... 
You better believe he's feeding Dalvin Cook and Latavius Murray. So there's a more heavier emphasis placed on getting that part of their offense going. The Vikings had exactly 100 yards rushing against the Lions last Sunday and then had 220 against Miami in Week 15. Cook leads with 576 yards and two touchdowns. Murray has 560 yards and a team-high six scores on the ground. Now, just like I mentioned with Chicago, keeping steady production on the ground against Chicago, it's going to be a difficult task because the Bears have the second-ranked unit in defending the run. They're limiting teams to 81 yards per game, 3.8 yards per carry, and you look at that depth chart, Akeem Hicks, Eddie Golden, Bilal Nichols, and then you look at their linebacking core with Danny Trevathan, Roquan Smith, one of those athletic linebackers, the rookie first-round pick that can play sideline to sideline, shed blockers at the second level. They've been instrumental in helping Chicago be such a stout team when defending the run so Minnesota, who's dealt with a lot of injuries on the offensive line, looks like they're as healthy as they've been all season long. Elf line is finally back up to full speed there at center. So that makes a world of difference. Now, Murray is more of the hammer back. They give him the ball in short yardage situations. But you cannot discredit Dalvin Cook and what he's able to do inside the tackles as well this is an explosive runner that just needs a little crease and he's off to the races so look for minnesota to enter this game with stefanski with cook murray they're trying to take more pressure off kirk cousins's arm they want to get this run game going established from the opening whistle and opening snap but they're gonna have to come out with some physicality to match the intensity of this Bears defense under Vic Vangio. Now the last matchup here that I want to break down, and I guess this is multiple matchups having to do with the receiving game. And how about Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller against Xavier Rhodes and Trey Waynes. Now, Allen Robinson has been Trubisky's favorite target all season. We know Trubisky dealt with that AC joint sprain, was sidelined for a couple of weeks. Allen Robinson has been dinged up with a groin injury. But when he's healthy and both of them are on the field clicking and firing on all cylinders, that is a dangerous combo for defenses to have to accommodate Anthony Miller, the talented rookie who's really turned heads, and he's more than likely going to be lined up in the slot, so he may not see Trey Waynes, and he may not see Xavier Rhodes. Maybe Holton Hill comes in in the slot. Mackenzie Alexander, who stepped in nicely for Mike Hughes after he went down with that torn ACL. But Trubisky, this guy, he's either hot or he's cold. We've seen that all season long where he's had games where he's tossed for four or five touchdowns and 300 yards. And then he's also had games as recently as the one against the Rams where he throws four interceptions and is careless with the ball. But you look at the trends and those successful games, you're going to see that Allen Robinson has had himself a big game. So this is where Xavier Rhodes comes into the equation. And you know this is a long-rangey physical corner that likes to play jam coverage. So Allen Robinson, I'm going to be interested to see how he can handle Xavier Rhodes and the way he's playing with him throughout the entire course of the game. And I fully expect Rhodes 
to shadow Allen Robinson wherever he lines up on the field because this is a matchup where if you're Minnesota, you feel really good if you can limit Allen Robinson and completely wipe him away from the Bears offensive game plan. So keep an eye out for that matchup. Now how about for the Vikings? Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs against Kyle Fuller and Prince Amukamara. You look at the production that Thielen and Diggs have had this year. Thielen ranks 4th in the NFL with 110 catches and is 8th in the NFL with 1,355 yards. His 9 receiving touchdowns are tied for 7th in the league. Then you look at his counterpart, Diggs. Right, 94 receptions, 974 yards, so he's knocking on the door to reach 1,008 touchdowns. And then Rudolph, who had himself a day last Sunday, caught that Hail Mary, 60 catches for 612 yards and 4 touchdowns. So you look at what Kirk Cousins likes to do with Thielen and Diggs. You know their chemistry is at an all-time high after working through some early struggles, but it seems like they finally figured things out. And I know a lot of defenses have really made a strong effort in trying to completely wipe away Thielen from the equation, but this guy is a receiver that can come out and can make contested catches. He can be blanketed by opposing corners. And so this is where I'm going to see Fuller and Amukamara try to go toe-to-toe with both of these wideouts. And it's going to be a fun one to watch on Sunday. So whichever receiving unit can come out and win the most battles at the line of scrimmage, create that separation for their quarterback, they're certainly going to help their team's chances to come out on top in a pivotal Week 17 game. Now for my score prediction. When I look at both of these teams, I understand there's talent on both sides of the ball. And I know a lot of people are picking the Bears to win this game because you know what? They are one of those smash mouth units where their defense with Khalil Mack with Trevathan, with the way that secondary is playing. Now, Eddie Jackson's banged up, but this is one of those teams that you do not want to face at this point in the year. But I have to say, this Vikings team, they've shown signs of life. They look like a unit that is motivated to play out there. And being at home, I think that's going to be enough. I see Kirk Cousins, who, yes, He has a bad reputation in playing big-time games, but I think his supporting cast is strong enough to overcome those previous hiccups, and I think they're able to get enough efficiency on the ground and a big game from Dalvin Cook. I'm calling 100 total yards from scrimmage for Dalvin Cook and a touchdown to give Minnesota a big-time victory, 23-20, off the leg of damn Bailey for a game-winning field goal that sends the Skull Nation to the playoffs. This is going to be a great game. I expect it to be tightly contested from start to finish, but I really am going to give the edge to Minnesota. I feel like they're going to come out, they're going to play with a high sense of urgency, and this defense will make enough turnovers and big-time stops against Chicago to get the job done. Now on I go to the second matchup here. It's the 7-7-1 Cleveland Browns against the 9-6 Baltimore Ravens. This one was flexed as well to be a 4.25 p.m. Eastern time start. 
the Ravens and Browns. This is an AFC North divisional battle, and the game is going to determine the Ravens' playoff fate. A victory clinches the AFC North title for Baltimore and guarantees them a home playoff game. A defeat would knock them out of the playoffs if the Pittsburgh Steelers win their home game against the Cincinnati Bengals. If both the Ravens and the Steelers lose, the Ravens would win the division advance of the postseason because they do have a better division record over Pittsburgh. The Browns actually beat the Ravens 12-9 in Cleveland last time these two teams met. That was back in week number 5. And they have gotten better since then, winning 5 of their last 6 games. Freddie Kitchens has this offense in Baker Mayfield playing to another level. But John Harbaugh looks like he's got his future solidified and cemented there in Baltimore as the news broke a couple of weeks ago that they intend to sign him to an extension and this team has rallied around him amid all the rumors about him potentially parting ways and leaving Baltimore. He's there to stay and as well as his great track record against the Browns as the Ravens are 9-1 against Cleveland win playing at home. So let's go ahead and talk about three matchups in this game. First one here that I want to get into Ravens offensive tackles against the Cleveland pass rush. Now, one of the main factors for Lamar Jackson's success as the starting quarterback has been the play of his offensive line. I know the unit does not get a lot of love. But their starting five of Ronnie Stanley, Alex Lewis, Matt Skura, Marshall Yonda, and Orlando Brown Jr. have been the driving force for their second-ranked rushing attack this season. And then you look at what Marty Morningweg has done, and he's dialing up plays that allow Jackson the option to work outside of the pocket, and he's had success up to this point. However, under Greg Williams, this is a Browns defense that has come alive and they've really adopted an aggressive approach on the defensive end. You look at what they have coming off the edge. Miles Garrett has 12 and a half sacks on the season. Emmanuel Ogba, three sacks to his name, who's had kind of a disappointing season, but we all know what he's capable of. And then their outside linebackers, Jamie Collins and Jannard Avery. Both of those guys you've seen over the last two weeks, they blitz them awfully a lot off the edge to create pressure. And you know Greg Williams, who's had success against some mobile quarterbacks throughout his career, you can just imagine that he's going to want to keep containment on Lamar Jackson, keep him rattled inside the pocket, which no team has been able to do up to this point because the Ravens, they've had their way with their play selection. Jackson has had the freedom to roll out of the pocket, make plays on his time, survey the field, as well as tuck the ball and run and take what the defense gives him. But Miles Garrett's an issue. And this guy can disrupt a game by himself. So the Ravens, Ronnie Stanley on the outside as well as Orlando Brown, whether he sees Garrett or not, both of those guys are really going to have to set that edge quick. And you look for Baltimore to keep in some tight ends as they usually do with a rotation of them, Mark Andrews, Hayden Hurst keeping a fullback in, a running back in in passing situations to chip at the line of scrimmage because if Garrett can get in, 
he will create havoc and he could just spoil the Ravens playoff chances single-handedly the next matchup here the Browns rushing attack against the Ravens rush defense now under Kitchens Mayfield in this offense they've been humming they're five and two in that span since he took over as the interim offensive coordinator and one main source for Cleveland's effective offense has been their ability to get their ground attack going with Nick Chubb and Duke Johnson. You look at Chubb, the talented second round pick out of Georgia. He's posted back-to-back games with 100-plus yards and has eight total touchdowns on the season. You know, he's closing in on that 1,000-yard marker as he enters play with 972 to go along with an impressive 5.3 yards per carry average and just as I gave some love to Baltimore's offensive line you look at what Cleveland's been able to do with Greg Robinson the former number two overall pick Joel Batonio JC Treader, Kevin Zeitler and Chris Hubbard the free agent signee from the Pittsburgh Steelers they deserve their fair share of credit for opening up the run lanes for Chubb but this Baltimore defense they are nasty and they've been able to completely shut down opposing offenses their third against the run this season last Saturday night they contained Melvin Gordon while they allowed him to rush for a touchdown at the one yard line they bottled him up they had consistent pressure in the backfield so Chris Wormley Brandon Williams Brent Urban That trio of defense alignment for Baltimore, they are like pillars cemented in the gridiron. You are unable to move them. They have done a phenomenal job of keeping their gaps, allowing C.J. Mosley, Patrick Onowonzer, the freedom to shoot the gaps and plug the holes. So this is going to be Cleveland's toughest challenge yet. And I know you can say, well, look at week five, the Browns won. Well, yeah, you have to remember that the game was 12-9 to and it was a field goal fest. So what I'm saying is I like Chubb. I like the way the Browns have been committed to getting the run game going. But when you're going up against Baltimore, they are another animal. And things are going to have to be perfectly blocked for Cleveland to even get any sort of rhythm going on the ground against Baltimore. And the last matchup here, the battle of the tight ends. Both offenses have relied heavily upon these tight ends to help keep the chains moving this season. Baltimore does put a little bit more focus on utilizing their trio of tight ends as we all saw Mark Andrews haul in that long touchdown reception. Two receptions, 83 yards, and a score last week. He has nearly 500 yards receiving, three scores in total on the year. And then Hayden Hurst, the first-round pick, who's been in and out of the rotation. And it's really been hard for him to get up to speed given all the time he missed in the preseason and training camp with that foot injury. However, he's still healthy, he's active, his athleticism should not be taken lightly, especially as Baltimore works into the red zone. And as for the Browns, David Njoku, he's finally being utilized. This guy is a freak, what he's able to do. 
jump up getting the 50-50 balls with his quickness, his agility over the middle of the field to take a catch and turn it up the field for additional yards. This guy is a dangerous weapon and Mayfield is finally looking his way. He holds in a season high 73 yards last week and a touchdown. And so when it comes to both of these tight ends, Njoku for Cleveland and Max Williams, Mark Andrews, and Hayden Hurst for Baltimore, whichever tight end can really help their offense move. And I guess I'm tailoring this more to Njoku because you know Baltimore is going to be dialing up the heat on Baker Mayfield. And so look for Mayfield to target Njoku underneath very frequently. And if Njoku can find some open grass to hurt Baltimore's aggressive defense, that could prompt Don Martindale to lighten up his approach and cover the flats a little bit. So this is a really a game of cat and mouse between both sides. That's why both tight ends really do carry the key to success for both sides. And for my prediction, in the end, I like the way this Baltimore team is playing. I obviously picked the Chargers to beat them in LA last Saturday night. That was not the case. This defense came out Playing angry, playing fast in physical. Eric Weddle, Tony Jefferson, they're back fully healthy. That tandem is one of the best in the league. And I just feel like this defense, they're finally going to get to Mayfield. They're going to fluster him. They're going to come after him. They're going to put him on the turf after every single pass he throws. I feel like this is just going to be a beatdown by the fourth quarter. Cleveland's offense is going to be banged up, especially playing on on the road I think Jackson's gonna make enough plays in the RPO game as well as play action continuing to get their running game going with Gus Edwards and Kenneth Dixon and I think the Ravens take this one convincingly with a score of 27 to 13 I think they're able to stay out ahead of Cleveland for the most part and I just feel like John Harbaugh's unit is gonna be ready to clinch that division and knock out the Steelers in the process give me the Ravens big time I look for this defense to put together yet another outstanding performance against a hot Browns offense. Now the final matchup here that I'm going to get into is the nightcap. 9-6 Indianapolis Colts at the 9-6 Tennessee Titans. 8.20 p.m. Eastern time start. This is the nightcap. Winner gets into the playoffs. Loser goes on vacation doesn't get any more exciting than that this game will be played in Nashville the Colts rallied late in the fourth quarter last Sunday to keep their playoff hopes alive with a 28 to 27 win over the Giants while the Titans beat the Redskins 25 to 16 last Saturday now of these two teams the Colts currently hold the tiebreaker over the Titans and sit at number six in the AFC playoff picture as we speak the Colts defeated the Titans in a blowout defeat, 38-10 at Lucas Oil Stadium earlier this season. So the Titans are on a revenge tour, and they know that the level of importance to this game is far more than the one they played earlier this year on the road. Now, both of these teams 
are some of the hottest teams in football they're playing at a very high level the Colts are eight and one since getting off to that one and five start under Frank Reich their only loss in this span came to the Jacksonville Jaguars when they lost six to nothing and really a low scoring affair luck was unable to get anything going down the middle of the field and the Titans they're 6-2 since their bye week and have notched credible victories over the Dallas Cowboys and the New England Patriots in the process. Mike Vrabel, you got to give him a lot of credit in his first season. Looks like he's earned the respect of that locker room. They play hard for him. A lot of people question the move of John Robinson going with Vrabel, who you can say was a little disappointing as the Texans defensive coordinator last year. But hey, he comes from that Belichick tree. He played in New England. He understands what it takes to get into the playoffs. So be careful. This Titans team, while they may be banged up, while they could be without Marcus Mariota, you can never discount the hungrier dogs, as they say, run faster. Key matchups here. The Titans' 5th-ranked rushing attack against the Colts' 8th-ranked rush defense. Now, as I just talked about, Mariota may not be able to play with that stinger he suffered in Week 16 against the Redskins. If he's unable to go, we're going to see Blaine Gabbert. But it looked like, you know, Mariota returned to practice on Thursday, got some work in on Friday. It looks like things are trending in the right direction for Mariota to play. However, with that stinger injury, you just never know. just takes one hit to that arm, and next thing you know, he's not going to be able to continue on. So you got to take caution, and Gabbard, I'm sure, will be well prepared just in case he needs to step in and play. But regardless of what happens at the quarterback situation, the Titans' success on the ground will be the most important factor if they want any chance at keeping Andrew Luck off the field for extended periods of time. You look at Derrick Henry, the guy who's been on a tear the last couple of weeks as he's posted stat lines of 17 carries, 238 yards, 4 touchdowns against Jacksonville on Thursday night. Followed that up, 33 carries, 170 yards, 2 touchdowns against the Giants. And then 21 carries, 84 yards, and a score against the Redskins. So this is a guy that the Titans and Matt LaFleur are feeding in heavy dosages. They're giving him the rock. This is a 250-pound truck that defenses are having a very difficult time bringing them to the ground. This is the identity that the Titans have built their team for with that smash mouth offensive line. Of course, they placed Jack Conklin, their starting right tackle, on injured reserve, so they're without him. They're going to look to Dennis Kelly to continue to fill in at that role. No Jonu Smith either, so that's another hit to the pass game. But look for these guys, Taylor Lewin, Quinton Spain, Ben Jones, the interior of this Tennessee offensive line. These guys are going to have to set the tone for Tennessee. And you know, Mike Vrabel, as I 
shared the clip in the intro he really talked up his offensive line because there is a point in the regular season where he was shifting guys around he benched Quentin Spain for a game because there was just not a whole lot of consistency there was a lot of breakdowns Mariota was getting hit Deion Lewis and Henry really didn't have anywhere to run but whatever happened in the film room within the locker room it has worked because these guys are synchronized as a unit and it starts with coaching and you look at the Colts though they have the youngest roster in the NFL and they're continuing to play at a high level under first year defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus and one guy that I want to talk about that doesn't get a lot of light is the Nico Autry. He has been a force for Indianapolis this season. 36 tackles, 9 sacks, career high 13 tackles for loss. Then you look at another towering defensive end, Marcus Hunt, who's had a little bit of a revitalization to his career. He's playing the nose tackle position and Indianapolis has gotten exceptional speed from their linebacking core with Darius Leonard, Anthony Walker, and Najee Good. So look for both of these guys. I'm looking forward to this matchup because if Indianapolis, you saw what they were able to do against Ezekiel in one of the better run games, you know that they have the potential to shut down the best rushing attack. Now the question is, will they be able to do that on the road in a hostile environment against an offense? Of line that has arguably been one of the top units in the NFL up to this point in the season. The next matchup here, one-on-one -on -one battle we go. T.Y. Hilton versus Adoree Jackson. Now the Titans defense took a big hit when they lost Logan Ryan for the season to that fractured fibula in week 15. And that's really vaulted Jackson into an even more prominent role for Dean Pease's defense. And now Malcolm Butler, he's still operating as the team's number one corner. But Jackson, I feel like, is going to see plenty of Hilton due to his foot speed and his ability to run with him stride for stride down the field. Because you know what? Malcolm Butler, this guy struggled. And he just seems to be getting beat deep all the time. So if you're the Titans, you ought to be making contingency plans to make sure that Adoree Jackson is the one that's carrying T.Y. Hilton and the explosive playmaker that he is for Indianapolis. Andrew Luck, I cannot say enough about the type of season he's put together. He's thrown for 4308, 36 touchdowns, 14 interceptions to go along with the career high 67.2 completion percentage. Now, the Colts, they do lack some playmakers there. Eric Ebron's in the concussion protocol. But they still rank in the top 10. You got guys like Chester Rogers, Pascal chirping in here. But look at what they've been able to do with Marlon Mack out of the backfield, getting him involved as well as Naheem Hines. The Titans, though, they're sixth against the pass. So you know that they're going to be ready for anything that Andrew Luck has to throw out to them again. The experience that Vrabel provides as the defensive-minded head coach along with Pease could go a long ways, but Hilton, look at this guy. 1,209 yards receiving six touchdowns, and he surpassed 125 yards or more in four of their last six games. So keep an eye on that matchup. Here's another one for you, the last one in this 
Colts-Titans game. Corey Davis against Pierre Desir. The Titans already struggled to pass the ball as they rank 29th. That's been one of their kryptonites, so to speak, have been unable to really get over the hump this year. But we all know whether Mariota's under center or not, Corey Davis is the clear-cut number one target in the pass game, and it'll be up to Indianapolis to take him out of the game. Davis, the former number five overall pick of Tennessee, he has 43 receptions for 843 yards and four touchdowns this season. However, he has not eclipsed the 90-yard mark since November 26th against the Houston Texans. Then you look at the tail of the tape on the other side, Desir who has the length at 6'1", 198 pounds to match the physicality of Davis at the line of scrimmage. He's put together a pretty strong season, 72 total tackles, one interception, eight pass defenses, two forced fumbles, and a recovery. So look for both of those guys really to go toe-to-toe. This is going to be more of a gritty matchup on the outside. But whether Mariota's there, Gabbert's there, this is a receiver in Corey Davis that's going to have to come down with those 50-50 balls in the red zone if Tennessee wants any chance at keeping up with Andrew Luck and that high-powered offense. Now for my score prediction here. This is a really tough one to call, but I'm going to roll with the home team. I think Tennessee... They're going to come out, they're going to use a strong defensive performance with Dean Pease, and I feel like Derrick Henry is going to be able to have success on the ground against Indianapolis. The guy is running hungry, the guy is toting the rock with some immense physicality, and Indianapolis, I think at the end of the day, their defense is going to be worn down as we move to the third and fourth quarter, and look for Dean Pease to bring a lot of pressure against Andrew Luck, because we've all seen it, when Luck has a clean pocket to throw out of, this guy will pick you apart for 450 plus yards, and now Eric Ebron, who's been in the concussion protocol, he looks like he should be able to go, so that's another weapon that Tennessee is going to have to account for. But I like Ryan Suckup and how he can rise up in big time moments. And I think he nets a game winning field goal to send Tennessee into the postseason. Give me the Titans 22 21 over the Indianapolis Colts in what should be a thriller in Nashville. Looking forward to watching this one. So, Titans and Colts fans, beware. This one is going to get your stomach nodded and you have to love it because it is playoff football with implications on the line now for the rest of the matchups here Dallas at the New York Giants the Cowboys are not playing for anything I think they still get the job done Garrett says most starters are supposed to play 23-17 over the G-Men Miami at the Buffalo Bills give me the Bills to win this one 20-10 Josh Allen has been able to play Pretty well, Robert Foster on the outside, Zay Jones, they do enough. Philadelphia at the Washington Redskins. I think the Nick Foles magic continues. They win 27-16, however, with my predicted Vikings victory, that's not enough to get Philadelphia into the playoffs. Detroit at Green Bay, give me the Packers, 31-20 over Matthew Stafford. Jacksonville at Houston. Houston needs to win this game to give themselves a shot at Getting back up into that number two seed, of course, this is if New England loses, but I think they get it done. Jacksonville, 
They're going back to Blake Bortles, but because Houston's at home, they squeak out a one-score victory. Oakland at Kansas City. Give me the Chiefs, 34-13. This is a game where Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Kelsey will probably be sitting in the second half, but I still think they'll be able to hang enough points on Oakland. New York Jets at New England. The Patriots win this one 30-21. It is going to be closer than many people think. Sam Darnold is starting to turn the corner, and Boyd has Jets fans excited. Atlanta at Tampa Bay. Give me the Tampa Bay Bucks to win this one in what could be Dirk Cutter's final home game as the head coach of the Buccaneers. 27-23, they get the job done. Chargers at the Broncos. I look for this to be a low-scoring game. I think the Chargers are able to bounce back after losing last Saturday night. 17-10. San Francisco at the Los Angeles Rams. Give me the Rams 24-9. I think their defense comes to play. Shuts down Mullins and company. Arizona at Seattle. The Seahawks already clinched a playoff berth. I think they keep rolling at home at CenturyLink. They get it done 26-13. Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. I think the Steelers, they win big. They need to win and get help from the Browns to beat the Ravens to get in the playoffs. Will it happen? I don't think so, but I think they take it 35-14 over Cincinnati. And the last matchup on Sunday Slate, Carolina at New Orleans. Give me the Saints to win this one. I think we're going to see plenty of Teddy Ridgewater in the second half. The Panthers are banged up. They had to put Taylor Heineke on IR, so Kyle Allen will be started. I'm assuming Christian McCaffrey, his workload will be limited. Give me the Saints by 10. So there you have it. Today's episode, a new edition of the Chase Podcast. I appreciate you tuning in. I will not have a show on Monday or Wednesday as it is New Year's week, but I will be back next Friday to preview all the playoff matchups. So looking forward to it. Until then, have a blessed afternoon and take care. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.